Have you ever seen one of those really big garbage dumps? I mean, from a big city. You know, the giant pit and those giant piles of refuse being bulldozed into the pit. All the while, trucks keep showing up and they disgorge more filth and waste and all is dead. Everything's rotten. It's abandoned. It's what everybody's throwing out. The only life in it is bacteria, mold, insects. I mean, the birds fly above looking for some piece they can pick out of it, but for the most part, it's all dead and rotten. Well, this is feminism in 2022. Maybe in the beginning, some of the women that were involved, and maybe even some now, had some decent goals or a decent reason at one time. But the thing is, power corrupts. Comparing feminism to garbage will invoke some emotional outbursts from, well, the people involved. And even, you know, a lot of women, they hear you start talking about feminism and they get really upset. It's like you want to, as a president once said, I want to put you all back in chains. Well, nobody wants to take away the vote from women. But you got to admit, that stuff has really went wrong. Their evocative outbursts will involve something about along this line. that Well, males have nothing to say because we're women. And anybody that's a man has nothing to say about it. You, have, you, you can't understand. Their voices ring hollow in pretty much everyone's ears now as the meaning of the feminine is disappearing. It's now in the garbage. It's being bulldozed into the pile. I mean, funny how that worked out, eh? I mean, all the gallons of ink spilled and the zillions of electrons pushed and all the pancake makeup and running mascara, the wattage of the stage lights alone throughout the last 40 years must have burned so many tons of coal. It's unbelievable. And it's all being bulldozed into a pit now. This glorious run for equality between men and women has turned into a, well, an erasure of the feminine. Pretend women are now breaking records in women's sports. I mean, a man won woman of the year. And everything I've just uttered is considered hate speech. How did that happen? I mean, the feminist block at one time was powerful. And then it aligned itself with the progressive woke crowd. I mean, all I can say to that is, Good night, Gracie. Feminism was used, and it still is, as a battering ram. But only used in certain places. Only when it fits the narrative of a selective leftist story. This is why I say that feminism is garbage. Toxic garbage. I feel sorry for the players who still come out, and they're all shrill and everything. But you gotta admit... In 2021, one of the most hideous stories 
was that Ghislaine Maxwell trial. I mean, she's a female pimp. She went around finding young girls for old men to play with. And she ends up going to jail. I mean, I don't know about the guy that supposedly hung himself. Something tells me he's not dead. But anyway, when this actually went through, all the records are sealed now. And then all these old men, these powerful men that brokered, you know, playtime with young girls, well, they get to slither under rocks. And throughout all this, what did the feminists say? What, what come out in the news? Like, that should have been a, you know, it's like, why does this woman go to jail and all these men? No. This is what we heard. Yeah, nothing. Because feminism has sold out to the highest bidder. The feminist power block is well-funded. It's just not by women anymore. Yeah, people, the world is getting dark. It's a good thing we had a fire going here. Let me throw a little more wood onto it. Get in a little closer. We're just getting started. You have found the frequency of the Enemy Patrol podcast. Please stand by for new directions. Over. Welcome to the fire of the enemy patrol, a place where folks who can't believe what is happening out there find themselves. Oh yes, I am the Anomic Ranger and I am your very own reality scout. And as your scout, I give you information as you move ahead in this adventure called life. But you are the general in this campaign. It's you that makes the decisions in your life. As your humble reality scout, I just give you the lay of the land, so to speak. You can use my reports or don't. I just tell you what I see. If you want to know more, you can subscribe so you don't miss a report from the Enemy Patrol. You can also take a look at my website, anomicranger.com. If you want to send me an email, you can do so through the contact portion of my website. Or you can send me an email direct. I don't care. My direct email is animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. That's anime with I-E on animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. And if you like what I write or podcast, well, you can give me a good rating. You can subscribe, comment, but most importantly, share with somebody. You know, somebody that, you know, you, if you listen to one of these and you go, wow, like that, that makes sense. Then share it with somebody that's confused. Share it with a friend, share it with family, share it with an enemy. I don't care. Just tell somebody about this. That's all I ask. So anyway, let's get started. So what's this, what is this all about? Well, 
I will say the enemy is, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the word, it's a descriptor of both the social instability that results from a breakdown of standards and values in a society, as well as the descriptor for our personal feelings of unrest, alienation, and uncertainty. Have you noticed that a little bit lately? I know I do, all the time. And it comes from a resulting lack of purpose or ideals. Interesting. Anyway, I break these down into these. This is season two, and I break them down into three very simple questions. Uh, number one, how did we get here? Number two, where are we going? And number three, what am I supposed to do? Number three is the hardest because it means you actually have to do something. So today we will jump, as you can tell from my opening monologue, we're going to jump into the rotting sewage that is feminism and we'll try and discern any gems that might pop out at us in this pile of garbage. But for the most part, we need to start at the beginning. And the beginning is, how did we get here? You might be thinking to yourself, oh, you know, this is so unimportant right now. I mean, we got an ongoing, I guess I'll say pandemic or plandemic. I mean, war drums right now. This is, um, we're still at the end of January of 22. And, and it's like, uh, there's all this stuff about Russia, Russia, Russia. And, you know, and they got China. And, and, and oh, it just it just seems like everything's falling apart. It's like, why are you talking about feminism? Why would you stick your foot into that wood chipper? I mean, really. Because anybody that comes out against feminism, I mean, it's like, they are instantly attacked. Because, like I said in the opening monologue, it's like, well, you know, it, as soon as you start criticizing anything about feminism, it's like, what, you want to take away the vote? We're not allowed to drive anymore? It's like, no, 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 no. No. So I could talk about supply chain issues and all kinds of things that are happening to us right now, but no, no, that's not what this is about. We're going to dig up old stuff. And you might ask yourself, well, why would you do that? Well, it comes, the reason I'm bringing it up is because they keep pushing, and I say they, I mean the powers that be, the ones that are planning all this stuff, they keep coming up with it. Well, you got to get used to the new normal, the new normal, the new normal. Think about that. People are being herded with promises to get back to normal. And then they're also told, well, you got to get used to this as the new normal. So think of this as I'm going back further from the point that they started this whole plan, the powers that be. So think of this as anti-brainwashing. Was the old normal really so great? Or is this pandemic just the tail end of a long scale of spiritual and behavioral psyop? I mean, 
no point in digging through these mountains of garbage to identify first, second, third wave feminism. No, let's look at it as a whole. What was this really about? Why was this pushed? And was it pushed? Was it organic? Did it just come up from the grassroots? Were, were, did women just, you know, after I don't know how many thousand years just have enough? Or was it somehow contrived and engineered? The whole thing can be seen by the results of the process. What come out of it? I mean, really, we, I mean, that's one advantage we have. I mean, people back in, say, I don't know, 1913, when this all got started, when women first started marching and they wanted the vote and everything. I mean, you could look at that and, 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 and see something, but now we can look back on it and we can see what come out of it. Is it good? Is it wholesome? I don't know. It seems to me that what we, when we look at the results of the process, what we see is a slow destruction of society. And I'm not saying that that's the whole reason. I'm, this is just one little part. That's all I'm showing you is one little facet of this ugly diamond. The slow destruction of society that used to consist of family blocks. I mean, it was the family block was made up of individuals that worked together with what they had that was different. Men, women, and children. That used to be the family block, and everybody's different. They were individuals working together. And it turned into a fragmented, bitter sewage pit of collective thinking with experts and governments steering society and telling everybody what they're supposed to think, what they're supposed to feel, and where they're supposed to go. This is where we find ourselves right now. Never mind the pandemic. Let's get, let's get beyond that. We have been contrived and shoved and, and pushed into this place. You know, the strange thing is the, the biggest protest back way back when, way in the back time when, in, like after World War I, so what would that be, 1918? The biggest uh, opposement to the women's suffrage movement, which was to give women the vote, it wasn't promoted as much by women. I mean, there were women involved. But behind it all, there was a lot of men pushing it. And they were progressive men. They were Marxists. And you can go back and you can read the history. You can, you can argue with me as much as you want. But you go back and you read it and you look at it all. And there was a lot of women at the time that said, no, we don't want this. And a lot of the ones that were pushing it were men. And they were Marxists. So why would men push this? Why would men push, you know, women into the vote or push this concept of equality for women? Why would men do that? I mean, supposedly men are all bastards and, and we're all, you know, trying to just subjugate women. Why would there be men that were pushing it? Well, it's actually pretty easy to see. There was a, there was a really good reason why men pushed it. I mean, think about it. In government, you just double the taxation. If you get women out working, that's just more taxes. 
So you, instead of women staying home, looking after their children and, and making a nice home, what you have is women out working, so they got to pay taxes. Then also you had, in out of government, then you had the, the larger, like the market area. Well, now suddenly you've got a larger market base because suddenly women had a disposable income. I mean, they did before, but now you could sell them things that maybe you couldn't before. I'll get into that a little bit later. And also, back to government again, now you have a powerful voting block. I mean, suddenly, if you just shout the right words and you use the right slogans, well, you can get votes from any woman that is, you know, pushing for more and more power for women. I mean, there's no doubt. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, say that women didn't have a few grievances. Mostly it was on the legal end of things and that probably needed to change. For instance, uh, you know, women had a hard time doing business. They couldn't, you know, sign off on contracts or even buying and selling property without, you know, a male to sign. I can understand that. I'm not saying that everything about it was bad. I'm just saying it was taken over. The ruling elite saw the power of the message and the sheer potential of, you know, harnessing half the population, even if it was just to sell them cigarettes. <laughs> and here we get into it, eh? You know, that's an amazing story. The story about selling cigarettes to women. I mean, it not only helped the, the cigarette companies, the tobacco companies, but it, 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 it is such a powerful symbol, I guess you'd say, for how things were going to go. This is back about, uh, it was after World War I, so it'd be 1918, 1919, 1920, somewhere in there. And there was a march in New York for women's suffrage. And there was this guy... Um, his name was Edward Bernays. He was Sigmund Freud's nephew. You know, Sigmund Freud, the guy that, you know, supposedly figured everybody out. But he was right into psychology, obviously. And Edward Bernays, he used what he called engineered consent. And what that means is you make people want things by appealing to unconscious desires. What are unconscious desires? Well, it is, it's to be liked, to be accepted, to be powerful. You can't really sell that in a cigarette. But he started doing it um, psychologically. So what he did is he set up this thing where all these women were going to do a march and he leaked it to the media and he said, all these women are going to do this certain thing and they're going to light torches of freedom. Well, that sounds very provocative, doesn't it? You know, you can see all these women lighting these big torches. Like, what are they going to do? Throw them through windows? No, no, no. They just went out in the street and they all lit up a cigarette, which at the time was considered really bad for women. I mean, women were not supposed to smoke in public. That was not considered womanly. So he engineered this whole thing where all these women lit up a smoke and this was the, the um, torches for freedom. 
Anyway, it's really interesting. You keep reading the story and it goes on. And this guy, this Edward Bernays, he wrote a book and uh, I forget what the book was called. But anyway, later the Nazis used it. They used his theories and it became known as propaganda. So maybe this is the not the first time propaganda was used. I'm sure it was used many times. It's basically telling a story and appealing to people's unconscious desires to make them do a certain thing. But the Nazis used it, Goebbels used it, um, and used it to subjugate an entire nation using his theories. But it was first used on women. So, yeah, when you look at this, I mean, this is how we got here, and you've come a long way, baby. I mean, that was the next thing, right? And they're still selling cigarettes to women. I remember that one. I remember seeing those ads in magazines when I was younger. It's like the certain cigarette, it was just to women. It was, I think it was Virginia Slims, but I don't remember. You've come a long way, baby. It's like, oh yeah, you're now you're emancipated and, and now you're strong and now you're, oh yeah, yeah. So where do we sit now? Where are we going? Well, right now in 2022, where we sit is in the middle of this giant garbage dump of failed feminist ideas. And they've all failed. It is a total failure. I mean, yeah, the women got the vote. They can get a driver's license. I mean, that happened, what, 80 years ago? The rest of our society, the family is in complete tatters. Relations between women, men and women are barely functioning. Birth rate is below replacement level. And no one can talk about this subject. Except me, I guess. Anyone who questions the feminist doctrine is attacked and discredited and you're a hater. And I mean, uh, look, look at what happens to... Um, and he doesn't even he doesn't even attack feminism. Um, uh, Jordan Peterson. I mean, he just he just says things, and and he's attacked by women. So much hate, so much distrust, so much resentment, so much dysfunction. And in the end, really, all this fighting, fighting, struggling. Did women get anything even close to what they wanted? Like, are they? You know, the question remains, like, are they happy? Are, are, are you getting happy? I mean, no. It's, it's only gotten worse. And I mean, even the women themselves, I mean, you could say, well, yeah, you're a man. You can say that. Like, well, you don't think women are happy. But the very concept of the feminine is being erased from our culture. 
I mean, the, the woke way of thinking has brought, you know, the ideas, things like, yeah, they're not women, they're birthing people. And they're chest feeders. I mean, seriously? It just like women are just like being rubbed out. You could spend forever analyzing the data and hearing stories. It really is an entire sour, rotting landfill of lies and Marxist propaganda that now has turned on women is, and is just going to devour them. They won't even exist. Bottom line, in the end, feminism is churning out females who act like really crappy men. And I mean, it hasn't done anything good for the men. I mean, all this, this constant, constant like push for changing the whole concept of everything to do with men and women, the males. I mean, now the males, they're, they're like bad women. It's like feminism has created this for each sex to be at their worst. And yet everybody feels all noble about it. They feel like they're doing something great. Let me, let me tell you a story about the first time that I realized this. I'm, uh, it's, well, it's years and years ago, but I was at a, it was a, a mall. Actually, it was West Edmonton Mall, if you really want to know. And there's um, uh, one part of West Edmonton Mall. It's like one whole wing of bars and restaurants and, and party places and whatever. I forget what they call it. But anyway, it's just this long part of them. It's a huge mall and it's just it's like one part of it. So there's all these like fancy dance, drinking, eating type places. And uh, this is not long after they made the rule that you couldn't smoke. So people would often go outside. They would, you know, go outside the mall or whatever so they could have a smoke. And um, uh, we got there and we were waiting um, for some friends to arrive. So we just waited outside the doors of this mall. And there was this whole group of, young gals came out and you could tell that what it was it was a bachelorette party you could tell because half of them were wearing signs around their necks and the way they were dressed and and how loud they talked and and it was all women it was a bachelorette party is what it was and really in the end all i could say is they were a bunch of drunken skanks is what they looked like i mean the way they were dressed, the way they were talking, and the way they were yelling, and the way they were doing everything, it was just, it was gross. I mean, it was it was horrible. They were making a scene with themselves, and they were yelling at people, and they were very drunk, smoking, yelling, and it just, it was, it was gross. I mean, and they were all fairly attractive girls. And the worst one was the bride-to-be. And I mean, the way she was acting and it just, it was, it was horrible. And I looked at them and I thought, 
you know, I'm not supposed to judge them because it's a bachelorette party, right? They're girls, so I should just, you know, I <clears throat> had a kind of thinking in my brain that, you know, you're not supposed to judge, right? And yet I thought, okay, what if this, what if it was reversed? What if this was a bachelor party and it was a bunch of guys and they were yelling expletives and they were saying gross things to one another about sex and they were smoking and they were puking and they were doing all the things that these girls were doing what would i think and i just i I laughed it was a if it was a bunch of guys i think (sighs) i'm not even going to say the word that i would think of them but it was bad and it had to do with the bottom part of every person's anatomy. It, it, it was horrible. I mean, it really was horrible. If it was a bunch of guys, it would have been, to, in my mind, it would have been worse, but because it was girls somehow, I thought, and yet at that point, my thinking changed. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's like these girls needed to have way more class than this. Even if they were guys, they needed way more class than this. But yet that's what this whole thing did. This is what feminism did for us is it's like girls could go out and do this kind of thing. And it's like they were owed it because, you know, men used to do this, even though they didn't. Just the worst ones did. So it's like they were copying the worst of what a movie bachelor party should be. It's like they were um, emulating something that actually maybe wasn't even real. Just in the Hollywood version was real. You know, men and women each have different strengths and they have different powers. They have different strength, like um, abilities, I would say. And feminism and then the resulting spin-off from it made everything worse. And I'm talking years and years and years of indoctrination. You got to remember, we're talking a hundred years here, a slow decline and a slow breaking of men and women and what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. And I know that because I'm old. I mean, I make no bones about that. I'm old. But the subtle propaganda of something like women's magazines, never mind movies and radio shows and television shows and all the mass media that's been pushing feminism for as long as there's been media, basically... Women's magazines were interesting. I'll tell, tell you a story. When I was younger, I was observant about people and what they did and where they were on things. And I noticed that men and women were having a hard time. I mean, I seen it on television. I seen it in, I mean, didn't see it in my own family. Not, not so much. 
but it was like the entire uh, society around me. It was like, that's what it was all about. It was men against women, men against women, women against men, women against men, constantly, all the time. And so they wrote about it and they had it in movies and they had it in television shows. It was like this constant scrapping. And it was like, I knew by the sound, even when I was younger, it was like women were complaining. Men are this, men are that, men are something else. Men don't do this. Men should do that. So I thought, well, then if women are complaining about this, if you want to get along with women, and I liked women. I mean, I, I liked my mother and I thought girls were cute. So, I mean, and I'm talking, I'm, you know, pretty young here. I just um, thought that, well, one way to learn about it is there's all these women's magazines. Maybe I should read some of them. Maybe I should find out what women are saying. So anytime I found myself in a doctor's office or a dentist's office or just found some magazines laying around, I would pick up one of these women's magazines and I'd read articles from it. And I thought that if you, you know, read what women were saying, then eventually you would get past this horrible block that obviously men had. And you could get to the point where suddenly you could make a woman happy. Let's just say I swallowed the red pill very late in life. Let's just say I tried and tried and tried and tried to follow this, what they were saying in these women's magazines, and not just women's magazines. I mean, they, everything, the whole um, loudspeaker of society, the, the whole culture was shouting this. I mean, women took over the megaphone of culture long before I was born. And they've been shouting it all along. It just, in the start, it was like, you should do this and you should do that. And now the megaphone just shouts hate. Men are all bad. Rape culture, misogyny, yada, yada, yada. So I spent all my life doing something like, here's one example. I tried to cultivate my emotional self, right? So... They always said that men have don't they they don't they're not in contact with their with their emotional self. They should they should more try and you know feel and and everything. So I I took it up. I said okay, I I can do that. I have an emotional part of me. I knew I could get angry and I knew I could cry and I knew I could do all this stuff. So it's bad if men tamp that down because obviously that's evil. So crying and getting angry and like expressing yourself emotionally was important to women. What a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap. All they did is they took the one power, not the one power, but one of the powers that a male has and subjugated it. Men have the stoic ability to control their emotional thinking. And I don't care who wants to light me on fire for saying this, but women are not as good at it as men are. Men are very good at it. Men have boxes. We can take an emotional part of ourselves. We can feel it. We can see it. But we can put it in a box and close the lid, put it away, and then do something else. And they say, oh, oh, it'll, it'll ruin you. No, it won't. 
you're fine. Any, any time you feel like the, the box is getting too loud, just go by yourself somewhere, open the lid, look at it, roll it around, feel it, put it back in the box, close the lid and put it away and then do what you need to do. Men are strong that way. We need a movement, a new one, that'll bring back the natural inclinations of both men and women. Because men and women, boys and girls, we have our strengths because we're different. And you notice that the, the way the thing is going now, it's like, there's no difference between men and women. There's no difference at all. Look, a guy in a beard can put on lipstick and put on a dress and he's a woman. No, no, doesn't work that way. Sorry. So that's where we're going. If we keep going on this, it, it just, it's going to lead into more madness, more mad. It, it, like it's already crazy. And I guess that leads us into the next session because, you know, You get here and it's like, everybody's looking at this and going, well, yeah, but the whole society is going this way. I mean, we got, you know, we got guys that put on lipstick and, and break all the women's running records and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, it's, it's, it's this juggernaut. It's like, so, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, I kind of quake in fear a little bit when I say, what am I supposed to do? And I'm supposed to give you advice about this. This is almost an impossible task that I have here. Just to let you know, 100 years of lies and propaganda is not just reprogrammed overnight. We've got generations of stuff here. I mean, even our definitions, and that's one of the things that the progressives really love to do. They love to change definitions of things. They've changed the language for crying out loud. So even when I say a word, one person might hear it one way and another person might hear it another. I mean, even the word man or woman or marriage. It's all been changed. You know, and I remember when the whole thing, and I, 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 well, I guess I'm already in the wood chipper. You, you know, they always, the whole thing about gay marriage and all that. You know, a lot of people said, well, I don't care. The problem is, is it redefines things. And now it's getting down to like how you raise kids, how you raise boys, how you raise girls. I mean, they're, they're even changing like, well, you can't even put boys and girls toys in a store separately. 
Do you realize how far we've gone on this? Do you realize how gross this is? And you know what pains me? This, this, this pains me to tell you about this. You can't trust, well, you can't trust much out there. Almost nothing. You almost got to go at what is your basic instinct. And I mean, to the people that are going all warped on this and they're dressing their three-year-old boy in a dress and they're doing all this stuff it's like well basic instinct is gone i mean but i'm talking about the majority the normal people out there your basic instinct is probably truer than almost anything you could read or hear anywhere in the last 60 years at least Now, I'm not saying that there isn't much to learn from others. I mean, I'm trying to put this out here, and I know there's a lot of other people that feel the same way I do. I'm just deciding that, okay, I'm just a scout, right? I'm just telling you what I see. So there's things to learn on the internet, and there's other people's experiences. Um, things that they've lived, things where they are. There is wisdom to be passed down. But the thing that pains me the most is the wisdom passed down. It used to be that the wisdom passed down, if you went to an elder, somebody who was older than you, that you could get wisdom passed down that would um, mean something. Because, you know, the younger generation go a little bit astray, but... The older generation knew what they were about. They knew what was that things had gone astray. But now you you can't do that because it's been too long. It's been a hundred years since feminism started. So what was it like more than a hundred years ago? Was it really so bad for women? Well, you know, even I don't know. You got to read history and, and then you ask, well, who writes history? And I know that, that, that there was a lot of uh, feminist writings in the early days that were talking about, you know, how bad it was for women. I'm not sure if it was. I mean, it was different. Women didn't have the same responsibilities, but then neither did men. I mean, they, they, they broke their responsibilities down. It was like women had certain responsibilities, men had certain responsibilities. So it was totally different. Basically, if you're going to an quote-unquote older person, it's almost as suspect as the stuff you see on YouTube uh, when people give, you know, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. 100 years is a long time. That's almost two generations. I think what you have to go back to is the fact that if, if left alone with a few decent morals thrown in, such as monogamy instilled uh, in people, people will find each other. And I mean, that's the, that's the basic idea. That's, that's what we're going off of here is, is, is the fact that men and women need to find each other. I mean, if we don't, we're dead. I mean, the, if men and women don't find each other um, and they don't stay together and they don't raise children, our society's going to fall apart.
There's just no getting around that. So the romantic in me believes that there is a man for each woman and there's a woman for each man. I still believe that. I, even seeing the world the way it is and how things go, I still believe that. But we have a hundred years of garbage to bury. This mountain of garbage that has been pumped out and pumped out and pumped out. And it keeps coming in. It's not like it's stopping. It's not like you could go out there today and, and you could say, you know what, I think this feminism thing is, we need to relook at this. No, they would just bury you in garbage of stuff that's been written 60 years ago. So it, it keeps whirling around us like a whirlpool of sewage, really. I think it would help if we go back to foundations. And I think foundations like uh, Genesis in the Bible, for instance, go back to that and read that. I mean, you may as well go back to the beginning and start there. Whether you really believe there was an Adam and Eve or not, there's a plethora of very much basics there. I believe that this is not something that will be solved at a program level. You're not going to be able to institute a certain program or do a certain thing. This is not a, uh, a, an issue for the collective. This is an issue for the individual. This is a core belief and it must be solved at that level. The Bible tells us that there are two strands that can be woven together and where those are woven together, there will be three and three strands are strong. Well, there's a man, there's a woman and where those are there, there will be God. And the Bible says it's not good that man should be alone. The thing is, there's a lot of people say, oh yeah, you want to go back to the 1950s and you want to go back to the little woman being at home and you want to go back to blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. You can't go back. The world is, it's not built that way and I know it's not built that way. We can't go back to the 1950s or the 1960s or whatever when the little woman stayed at home and the man went out and worked. No, no, they wrecked all that. That's all gone. Whether it was good or whether it was bad is irrelevant because we're not going back to that. What I am doing is I am trying to move trees and chopping brush to show you a road that's been abandoned for a hundred years where men and women did not try and be equal. They tried to work together as partners. It's not the same road anymore than it was. It's not the 1950s road. It's a different road. It's a more dangerous road. It's a darker road. It's a poorer road. But it's a better road. We have to look at the situation with new eyes 
there is so much culture against this old and proven road. I mean, there is so much. I remember um, years ago, my dad was a, um, he worked at the school as a, as a janitor. And there was this group of teachers and they were hanging around after school was over and he was cleaning and we heard him talking and they'd found this old book and it was a book from, I think it was 1964. And it was for girls in school uh, taking uh, like uh, what they call it, home ec. And it was about being a good wife. And it was about things like, you know, having the housework done before your husband comes home. And it was about when he comes home, greet him with a smile and things like that. And they were just like, they were cackling and they were swearing and they were just like, they were just like, they almost were tearing the pages out of the book and spitting on them. It was so bad. And I remember him thinking about that and going like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. I mean, it's not that bad of a thing for someone that you love and you're at home and you're doing things, you have your chores done and greet him with a smile and have a life together. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like you got to bring him his slippers in your mouth or anything. But it's been, it's been so abused, the concept that men and women could be different and that they have different um, strengths and they have different, a different position in life. And that you can work together and actually be stronger in the end of it. Instead of competing with one another or trying to be like one another. Instead of men trying to be really shitty women and women trying to be really shitty men. Maybe we should just work on the, on the gender that we've got. I know in this day and age, like what I'm saying is like, like I said, I've stuck my foot in a wood chipper. I know. Because everything is against that. So let's think about this in the concept of positions. And I know all, uh, you know, I'm talking about men and women and I say the word positions and I can see all the male brains out there lighting up when I say the word positions, but no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Let's think about positions of where two people, and I'm talking about men and women here, they get married, that they love each other. I'm talking about the positions that they take in their life. There's a traditional, and it's a movie, and it's all Hollywood and everything. It's the romantic. It's the face-to-face, you know, in the sunset or in the moonlight or backed up by rushing water or whatever, you know, the kissy, that position, face-to-face. Then there's the other part. It's often used in, in Hollywood and everything. There's the side-by-side. It's a partnership. It's a friendship. It's enjoying life together. Those two things have been pushed, and I would say that they, they've both been used a lot. But one of them that maybe should be used more and probably never will be in Hollywood is maybe we need to try in this new movement where men and women get together and they decide that, you know what, men are better at one thing, women are better at another thing, they have, they're different, they're not the same, they're not trying to compete with one another, maybe they need to look after each other. Maybe that's the new movement. Maybe that's where we need to go. Maybe it's time that boys and girls tried a new position. 
Maybe as we slash our way down this old and proven and very valuable path, that when we partner up, we should practice the back-to-back position. I think it's very valuable in this society right now. I mean, even what I'm talking about right now, I'd, I'd be attacked. I mean, like I said, I've stuck my foot in the wood chipper. But considering the trajectory of our culture and our society and the way things are going, watching out for each other's back might be the way to go. I remember seeing an old movie years and years ago. I don't, I don't remember if it was James Bond or whatever, but the bad guys had encircled and, and, and there, was, there was him and her and they stood back to back, actually leaning on one another and they each had a pistol and it's like anybody showed their face and they shot at them. And I thought that was interesting. Like nobody can get to them. Like nobody can be shot in the back. Back to back means many things, but at its core, it means trust. You have to trust the person. that They're not going to slide down or slip away. And that's one thing that's missing. All this crap that, that feminism has done is it's ruined trust between men and women. And if there ever was a place where there needs to be trust in this day and age, it's between men and women that decide to partner up and have children. Trust. That's what's been eroded. I mean, you can talk about romantic love until the cows come home. It doesn't matter. Trust. It's not about feelings, not completely, although there are feelings in there. This is gut-level trust. And it's always been there. I mean, that's why when, you, when, some, when a partner fools around on the other, that's why it's such a blow. Because in the end, that's really what it's about is trust. So to the younger people out there, if you're a younger person, think about this. It's not about feelings. In the end, you need to cultivate a life where you're trustworthy, you're dependable. Now, I can already see people out there, younger people saying like, oh yeah, great. Like, how do you find somebody like that, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying it's easy. I never said it was going to be easy. I just said it's complicated. It always has been. It's only been lately that the swipe left or right. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. I'm in this whole section about what you're supposed to do, and I didn't do this. So here we go. Get up off the couch. Turn off that boob tube. You're not going to learn nothing watching that thing. Get outside and get the stink blowed off you, eh? What's the point? Why did I bring that up now? At this point? Should have brought it up earlier. No, no, this is the point I need to bring it up. There is so little truth on popular culture on this topic. You're never going to learn nothing looking at that stupid thing. You're not going to learn nothing looking at popular culture right now. You're better off looking at trees or studying the mating rituals of rough-tailed grouse or, or, or watching squirrels than you are watching anything that humanity is pumping out right now in popular culture. Trust me. The amount of mental garbage that has been piled up by the feminist movement is astronomical. It's like nuclear waste. 
It's poisonous, it's pervasive, and it's going to last more than a few lifetimes. It already has. It's crap. Shun the wisdom of the last 60 years. Go read your Bible. You'd be better off reading ancient Bible stories about men and women than you are picking up the television or turning on the television or looking at your computer or looking at the latest whatever. Honestly, there is too much garbage out there. You got to go back. You got to go back, 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 back. Go back as far as you can stand to read or look or think and start from there and work your way forward. Because men and women have been doing this little dance for a long time. Since the beginning. If you want to believe in Adam and Eve or not, doesn't matter. It's been since the beginning. And the, if it doesn't work, societies die. So even when you read history, if there's something in history, well, look at this, the Romans were doing orgies. Yeah, and how did it work out for them? The family block, men and women and children, are the foundation of any society. And moral men and women and children are a foundation of a healthy society. Shun the wisdom of the last 60 years. Go and find that adventure that you need to live. And if God blesses you with someone who will do the back-to-back position, then hang on tight. And of course, in the end, in this world, you got to keep an edge on your knife. You got to keep your matches dry because life is a one-time adventure and you got to learn to live it that way. So, vaya con Dios, eh? <laughs> <laughs>